For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with a kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Don't forget my wonderful co-host Dana Lake will be here next week. Always covering the best topics related to health and wellness. Um, you can stream the show by going to www.wfed.com. That'll let you stream it if you're not listening locally on Sundays from 10 to 11 a.m. You can also listen to all of our previously recorded shows by going to www.myvillagegreen.com, clicking on the microphone icon that will take you there, or you can just go to iTunes and put in the essentials of healthy living. So thank you all for tuning in. been doing the show for quite a while, and I say it every single time I'm here, but it's because I mean it, and if there's a new listener, I want them to know how much I appreciate them tuning in. Uh, the platform, the ability to interview special guests, the ability to share my opinion, my thoughts, my experience. Um, it's really valuable to me. You know, it's uh, very valuable when people will listen to what you have to say and um, see value in your experience in life. There's really nothing more important in life than feeling valued by those around you and by having a feeling that you're contributing to making the world a little bit of a better place, even if it's just one person at a time through whatever platform you have. So I have a lot of gratitude and thanks for being able to be here on a weekly basis or every other week and share information and interview really brilliant people from around the country uh, to share their information with us to enlighten your health and enlighten your journey here on this planet because times are changing and they need to change and the tide is changing and it needs to change as far as how we view health, how we operate as humans. It's not just about, are you healthy or are you not? Should you take prescription drugs or natural supplements? Should you do this or should you do that? It's literally coming down to every single fabric of our society, how you live and the choices that you make related to your health and your body, at least in the philosophy that I preach, has an impact on the health of the planet, which has an impact on our overall health, the health of our children, for the first time ever in human history since we've humans have been looking at it, our children are expected to have a shorter life expectancy than their parents. The first time ever in human history. I think it's almost over 40% of children are living with chronic disease at this point in time. Over 40%. And the statistic might even be a little bit higher. It's at least 40%. Back in the 19, I think it was 60s or 70s, only about 4% of adults had chronic disease. And now 40% of our kids do. This has to do with the food that you buy, the choices that you make, everything, all of these choices that encompass, you know, what I do and what integrative medicine is trying to promote. It's not just about buying a bunch of vitamins and taking them in place of the pharmaceuticals that are sitting on your countertop. It's about living a lifestyle that is more in line with nature because we rely on our environment for our health to every single aspect of how our cells work. So to be able to spread that message in just the little ways that we do, every snippet of every conversation that I have, 
oftentimes somewhat relates back to that greater point. So I'm looking forward to today's interview, which is completely off of that topic specifically. We're going to be, you know, there's a lot of really interesting concepts related to nutrition. And, you know, in my clinic over the last four to five years, you know, my clinical journey, I'm about 15, 16 years in as a practicing naturopathic doctor. And really in the last four to five years, you know, since I've met a brilliant nutritionist, it really changed my whole philosophy of practice where, you know, implementing nutritional changes in people's lifestyle was something very, very difficult to do in the context of a doctor's appointment. Even though I had a lot of education around it, it was something that was hard to actually implement. And until I started doing that, I, I didn't realize how much better clinical results I could have when people were wholeheartedly adopting sweeping changes in their nutrition programs. And there's a lot of different philosophies. And so it's, although I knew a lot about nutrition, it's forced me because intensive nutritional therapies administered by, you know, a nutritionist in line with my naturopathic and integrative therapies is now the combination that I see yields phenomenal results and exceptional levels of healing in very short periods of time for people with many chronic diseases and people that don't even have a diagnosis of chronic disease, but just don't feel well. And what it has forced me to do is really look into the nuts and bolts of all the different ideas and concepts of how manipulating our food intake can manipulate our physiology. And manipulation isn't a bad idea per se. We know that certain types of macronutrients like, you know, which are carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, by focusing on different ones, we can shift metabolism in different ways. High intake of carbohydrates, you know, drives insulin and insulin sensitivity and fat storage. And there are sometimes short-term benefits associated with that and mostly, you know, long-term ramifications that are negative associated with that. High intake of protein will shift physiology in certain ways. High intake of fat will shift physiology in certain ways. And there are different things that we can do. And you can you you know the names of them as your listen as listeners out there as different kinds of of diets. You know, we've got Atkins and we've got South Beach and there's vegan and there's vegetarian and there's Whole30 and there's paleo. And a lot of them have the same underlying concepts, but generally, you know, they work to manipulate physiology in certain ways to achieve an end result. Oftentimes for most people, it's related to weight loss. Some of the other ones like the autoimmune paleo diet, the AIP is really geared at downregulating inflammation and immune activity, which is why it's primarily applied for autoimmune diseases, which are very difficult to manage, but can improve dramatically when you remove the primary inflammatory triggers often incorporated in diet and start calming down the immune reactivity going on in the gut because the gut is where all of your immune system resides. And if you have an autoimmune disease, you need to calm it down there. Today, we're talking about one that is getting very popular that many people talk about, and it's called the, the ketogenic diet or the keto diet, which I honestly don't have a ton of experience with. We don't implement ketogenic diets in our clinic very often, although I, I don't think that uh, it's not because we don't believe they're useful. There are some incredibly useful applications of the ketogenic diet. And to be honest, it's one of the diets that seems to have some of the most impressive results when it comes to studied clinical outcomes, specifically in things like epilepsy, particularly in children. And that's been known for probably at least two to three decades, the influence of that. So what's interesting is let's not look at it as, you know, Dr. Bracero is going to be talking about the next fad diet. It's interesting to look at it and understanding how changing our macronutrient profile intake shifts our physiology to a different state and what that different physiological state 
can do related to the end picture, which we call our health. So we've brought a special guest on who knows a lot more about this than I do. Um, we have Travis Lesperance holds a Bachelor of Science degree in human nutrition from Arizona State University, and he is a seasoned veteran in the natural foods industry. He has extensive knowledge of the science and application of nutrition and supplementation. Focusing on the philosophy of nutrition, Travis is first and foremost concerned with an incredible amount of cultural and genetic diversity that exists within human populations and the necessity to apply nutrition and diet accordingly to achieve health. Travis has also overseen the designing and utilization of food-based nutritional supplements while developing strategies for individuals and athletes who have been pursuing a variety of different health goals. Travis genuinely enjoys sharing his passion of nutrition and health with others so that they may lead fuller, more active lives. So Travis, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to discuss this topic with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Sarah. It's great to be here. Sure. So, you know, I get to do my intro monologue at the beginning to introduce a topic. I'd like you with your degrees of expertise, information, knowledge, experience, you know, share your philosophies around diet, nutrition, as we set up a conversation for talking about a specific nutritional approach that has a specific physiological effect on the body. Why don't you start by incorporating some of your foundational principles when looking at human physiology and nutrition? Yeah, I think uh, you, you kind of hit on it, uh, and, and, and I loved your introduction. Uh, I thought it was um, it was really helpful for you know kind of framing how we should be looking at nutrition in the diet and what its function is, and, and I think that's one of the, the the most important things to first establish is that you know uh, eating good food is not the goal um, of your life. Uh, eating good food is a means, a means towards uh, helping to build up and to nourish your body, and ultimately, as you said, your health. Uh, and so in order to, you know, really eat good food or just to understand what good food is or good nutrition, we have to understand our nature as humans and how our uh, bodies operate and how they benefit from certain nutrients over others and then all the intricacies that, that occur in between. So when I think of, um, you know, what is the best diet for a person, you know, we I think that, you know, you, when you look maybe just in the industry or over the course of, you know, nutritional science, the study of it, which really is relatively new, uh, you know, from a rigorous standpoint, uh, we see that there is a huge amount of diversity in the types of macronutrient breakdowns and ratios and diets uh, that end up being relatively successful for an individual uh, or even a group of individuals. And so, you know, while there is uh, a ton of diversity in, in, the, in the difference of degrees and how someone can go about their diet, uh, there always tends to be these principles. And so over the course of, of the last 100 years or so, we've uh, kind of dialed it into we have the essential nutrients, right, the vitamins, the minerals, the fats, the carbs, the proteins, right, the things that if you don't get enough of on, on a minimum basis, uh, then you're going to develop a deficiency disease specifically because you didn't get enough of that one cofactor or nutrient. And then everything else has kind of been a gray area, right? There's all the non-essential stuff. And so when we think about uh, what does the human diet look like historically, it's always been a combination of the essential nutrients and the non-essential nutrients. And I think right now we're, we're kind of at this, uh, this, this crossroads in nutritional science where you know, we, we're really starting to learn uh, to give uh, uh, credence to maybe all this other stuff that's found in the human diet, the polyphenols, uh, even you know, the glycosides, the alkaloids, all these other nutrients that we end up seeing in a supplement store that's sold as an antioxidant or sold as something for, you know, for uh, uh, you know, diabetes or this, that, and the other, 
maybe these things are just normal components of the diet if we simply stick to eating uh, whole food or minimally processed, uh, maximally dense nutrition and eating a lot of diversity of the types of foods that we eat. So, you know, when we think of uh, like a healthy human diet, uh, nobody is ever going to be 100% perfect in getting every single, you know, the, the correct amount of molecules of every nutrient that they need every day. And that's because, you know, uh, not only is our physiology changing every day, but like you said, it's interacting with the environment around us. And the environment around us is, you know, every day is a new day in terms of what it exposes us to uh, in different types of, you know, positive or negative stressors. And so uh, our reaction to our environment as we grow and mature and develop throughout the life cycle uh, you know, that it necessitates the need for a general amount of, of nutrition in order to buffer our capacity to handle those stressors. And so you know, all of this is to say that, uh, you know, we, we want to grow and develop throughout the life cycle and benefit uh, from good nutrition. But at the same time, uh, we often find ourselves uh, in a less than healthy state than we desire or a less than healthy state than, than we've been in in previous times in our life. And when that happens, you know, we have to take a step back and recognize, okay, where are the flaws in my nutrition approach? Uh, because I'm going to assume that that's going to be a foundational measure towards my ability to control my health every day. Uh, we need food. We have no choice. We have to eat it. So we might as well get the most of it, um, you know, while we're, uh, while we're here. But ultimately, uh, a lot of times it could be helpful in the short run uh, to change your uh, the types of foods that you're eating, the ratios of the types of nutrients that you're eating, in order to maximally benefit, uh, kind of a uh, a restorative uh, uh, aspect of uh, getting some mechanisms back in your health that weren't there before or that were not very efficient before. So that's where something like a ketogenic diet comes in. Uh, and and you know when you think of uh, how does this diet fit in with other diets. Uh, well, it, it's a little different uh, than some other diets uh, in, in the sense that uh, some diets are focused on the qualitative aspects of the foods that you're eating. That would be something like vegan or more paleo or maybe Weston Price. Those are looking at kind of more the philosophy of sourcing food, uh, maybe even the ethics of sourcing food. Whereas the ketogenic diet is more concerned with the quantitative aspect mm -hmm. of the foods that you're eating. It's looking at the nutrient balance mm -hmm. and it's not so much looking at the source. So there's two components to really talk about the ketogenic diet. There's one which is, A, we have to make sure that we're uh, keeping our macronutrients and our, our uh, you know, the, the, the quantitative values of how many of this, how many of that we're eating. But ultimately, and I think more importantly, we, we have to make sure that the quality of our food uh, is providing the, the most buffering capacity for our metabolism to deal with stressors day in, day out. Right. Yeah, there are, I think that sums it up pretty well. And I think, you know, all of these different philosophies around eating, there's nothing that people are more confused about when they walk into my office, when I sit down and I talk to people, yeah. the average person that's struggling with, an health, with a health issue, there's nothing people are more confused about than what should I eat? You know, and this is not just people that are just eating a regular standard American diet or just kind of, you know, yeah, I eat trying healthy. I try not to eat fast food and I try not to drink soda and I try to limit my sugar and I try and eat some vegetables. I have a salad, you know, at lunch and a little bit of vegetables at dinner. Like that's kind of where like most of the people that I see in the socioeconomic, you know, 
setting that I work in are kind of doing. But this also stems to the people that like have adopted a hardcore philosophy around food, a vegan or a vegetarian that, you know, is looking at these ethical, these different parameters, their health issues around it. But they still like they don't even know half the time if what they're doing is good for them. You know, they may say, well, geez, I have a strong moral conviction around eating animals or something like that, or I was veg- I'm was i vegetarian because I heard it had a health benefit, but yet they're sitting in my office because they have a health problem. And they're literally, right. honestly looking at me going, I don't think I want to eat any of those other things, but I'm also not sure, and what, I do- and what I'm doing is even right? Because nobody guided them on the choices of what to eat based on a proper evaluation of their physiology, their genetics, their health concerns, um, the nutrient balance of their food, like none of that. 99.9% of people arrived at their dietary choices just based on something they read, something they heard, um, something they just food flavors they prefer. Maybe they want to be a vegetarian because they're just sugar addicts and love carbohydrates and pasta at every meal, you know? So it's just, it, it really, this whole concept of nutrition is so interesting and everybody feels like there's they're an expert on it because there's so much information out there and the reality is that i found is nobody has any clue what they're doing at all when it relates to their health and until you know we start getting our hands on them and applying nutritional science along with their health goals along with their genetic history along with their current physiological state then we make traction and then nutrition becomes a fundamentally healing a property in their life and a healing force in their life. When we come back from the break, Travis, let's start talking about some of like physiological concepts of a ketogenic diet, how it works, why it works, some of the benefits associated with it, some of the drawbacks associated with it. Like let's really kind of dig into the area around ketogenic diets and then we can, you know, further the conversation from there. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living and we'll be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Yes, Solgar number seven, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Pure Defense with NAC offers a unique blend of hypoallergenic nutrients and herbal extracts designed to support overall immune defense and upper respiratory health. The product features Epicor fermentate, elderberry, and N-acetyl-L-cysteine, nutrients and flavonoids for enhancing first-line immune defense. Pure Defense with NAC can be found at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take 
taken delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., sponsored by the Village Green, which is a local health and wellness pharmacy located here locally to my area in Bethesda, Maryland. They've been doing health and wellness for over 40 years. A pretty amazing story started by two pharmacists over 40 years ago, and their big epiphany was replacing the cigarette machine in their pharmacy with some vitamins. And that's basically how it started, and it has morphed into one of the most leading compounding pharmacies in the country. Um, they have thousands of different natural health products from supplements and body care. They still have a state-of-the-art compounding pharmacy where they custom compound vitamin compounds and nutritional compounds as well as pharmaceuticals with the traditional pharmacy. An amazing staff committed to education and um, forwarding just the whole mission of making the world a healthier place. So they've got a good website. Um, if you're local and you haven't stopped in, it's a great place to go. And I certainly appreciate their efforts to sponsor the show and give me and my co-host Dana Lake an opportunity to interview such great guests and spread information. So segueing back to our first segment, we have on the phone with us today, Travis Lesperance, who's going to be discussing with us, we're talking about the ketogenic diet. So all these different names, again, like I said, people are so confused about diets. There's a million names out there, keto, paleo, Whole30, South Beach, Atkins, you know, vegan, vegetarian, whatever. Travis, help us understand, you know, ketogenic diet. Obviously, it stems from the name ketogenesis, which is a human physiological biochemical process. So, like, give us some foundational background and understanding of maybe ketogenesis. And then once we understand that, we can understand the principles of the ketogenic diet and how manipulating your food intake can further stimulate this physiological process, which is basically what the diet's named after. Absolutely. So I uh, think if you can, uh, a time in your life when you went uh, maybe uh, 18, 24 hours without food, and, and I'm sure for a lot of listeners, they're, they're looking back and they're thinking, you know, I actually can't think of... of I was going to you know, say, most people in our culture can't ever probably remember going that long without food. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, just how about just for, you know, just to, just to consider um, if you uh, suddenly found yourself without food, what is your body going to do uh, when it recognizes that there is no more nutrition that's coming in? Well, thankfully, uh, you prepare. Your, your uh, physiology has prepared for these events uh, in a couple different ways. So, we know that we carry around a lot of body fat, some more than others, uh, and uh, that body fat has the potential to become an energy source 
for us, but we also know that fat serves so many other functions in our body. Uh, it just being uh, on us as body fat, that's a function in itself as uh, insulin or uh, as a, a, a form of insulation. Um, and then all the hormonal things that fat provides for us. But uh, we also have another source of energy that, that is there to uh, help assist us uh, maybe when we're uh, performing exercise or we're, we're going a couple hours or more without having that food in our, in our digestive tract. And that's going to be the stored carbohydrates that we have, and we call that glycogen. So for an average person, if they find themselves without food, but they've been eating kind of a, a typical Western diet, they're going to have somewhere around 300 grams of carbohydrates stored up in their liver and in their muscles. And uh, when they recognize they're not getting food, uh, the first thing that they're uh, going to want to do is start to mobilize or uh, release those carbohydrates to be used for energy. And so let's imagine this kind of this, this kept going. You're not going to get food. You're not going to get food. Uh, and you're starting to dwindle down on the amount of carbohydrates that you have stored. Uh, your body recognizes this as well. Uh, but it also knows that uh, the, the normal kind of metabolism for for people, uh, when carbohydrates are present in the diet, is called glycolysis, and that means that your body is reliant uh, on carbohydrates in order for the metabolism to function properly. And it wants to keep this system going because it, it has invested in uh, the, uh, the glycolysis pathway. It's invested in uh, making sure that, uh, that, that because it's been getting carbs for so long, it's going to uh, assume that this is the type of nutrient it's going to continue to get uh, day in and day out. But there's no food that's present. Uh, your body hasn't fully recognized this yet, but uh, there's no food in the digestive tract, and it has to make a choice. So in order to help to preserve those carbohydrates as they're dwindling down, the body will actually start to mobilize uh, amino acids and proteins. Uh, it'll actually start to break down proteins um, be, uh, before it gets rid of all of its carbohydrates because it's recognizing uh, that these carbohydrates are incredibly uh, valuable at this point um, towards, you know, the, the, the next 24, 48 hours. I might, I might need those extra carbs if I have to, you know, take off running at one point or, you know, actually you know, perform some, some work. And so uh, it's now uh, starting to break down both carbs and proteins but eventually it's going to recognize that this is incredibly inefficient. You can't just continue to break down your own muscles, your own proteins forever. That's atrophy, right? That's, that's actually um, your body eating itself in a sense. And so uh, finally, what your body is going to do is it's going to start mobilizing body fat. And I think just the fact that your body is more willing to break down protein, its own protein, than it is to commit to mobilizing fatty acids, uh, that's really representative of how valuable fats are for you. Uh, your body simply does not want to give them up unless it absolutely has to. So by this time, we're about 24, 48 hours after your last meal. Uh, so if someone were to go on a fast, you would be experiencing this happening. Um, it happens fairly quickly, uh, but uh, of course, all the subjective aspects of hunger, those all come into play uh, and we have to work through those. But in a normal fasted state, uh, your body is going to start mobilizing fats. Uh, and that's, that's all well and good. Fats are, are highly dense in energy. They have more than twice the amount of calories in them than a, a carb or a protein uh, has. But uh, there's a couple problems that, that runs into your metabolism when you start to rely exclusively on fat for energy. The first one uh, is going to be that you simply can't break down those fat molecules fast enough to provide you the ATP, which is the whole point of breaking down nutrients for energy to begin with. Uh, you're trying to break down these molecules one right after another, one right after another, 
but uh, the the efficiency of breaking down fat is not really the same thing as, uh, and maybe not efficiency, the speed by which you can break down fat is nowhere close to the speed by which you can break down carbohydrates. So the question becomes, where am I going to get this extra energy from? Uh, because I need it right now. Uh, and even though my body is now breaking down primarily fat for energy, it's not feeding me the ATP enough. Uh, so there is essentially a log jam that occurs by which your body can't move on to the next fat molecule to break down because it's still, uh, it's still stuck breaking down the first fat molecule. So that's really the first problem in your metabolism. And then number two, uh, uh, when you no longer have carbohydrates in your bloodstream and you have uh, dumped all of your stored carbohydrates as glycogen, you've burned that as well, uh, your brain uh, now no longer has the primary nutrient that it would rely on to function. And our, the human brain requires at least 100 grams of carbs every single day if, if we live kind of a, uh, a lifestyle that has you know, a moderate level of carbohydrates or more. And so your brain doesn't have any nutrition at this point, uh, and it needs something to continue to function. So these are two serious problems that arise when we just go at least 24, 48, at least, you know, maximum 72 hours is going to get it done. But when we fast for a couple of days, uh, our body will present itself in this metabolic uh, situation, and we have to find a workaround to that. And that's where ketosis comes in. Uh, your body naturally has a mechanism in, pl uh, in place uh, that allows for you to, A, clear the log jam so that you can continue to burn fat and, and uh, receive energy from it, but then also uh, the byproduct of clearing that log jam is uh, finding an alternative source of fuel for the brain. So when your body can't break down fat molecules fast enough, uh, and it's because it, it, let's say it breaks down a fat molecule, you know, halfway, uh, and it can't move on to the next fat molecule until it breaks down that first one fully, uh, it's going to give up on that first one. It's already got some energy from it, so that's okay. And it's going to turn it into a ketone so that it can move on to the next fat molecule, that ketone enters the bloodstream. And that's now an alternative source of fuel that can enter from the blood into the brain and feed the brain and keep the, the metabolism going there. So ketosis is just a natural function of starvation or catabolism, because if we're uh, making ketones from our own uh, fatty acids in our body, we're breaking down our body for energy. Uh, so the ketogenic diet is really trying to manipulate uh, what's happening during starvation. Uh, and I like to kind of always say that uh, it's, it's more of, uh, it's more in the sense of you are nourishing your body with fat, and proteins while it's in starvation, which is, you know, kind of something that you think, oh, does that sound like that's a long-term strategy for health? I don't think so. Uh, but, you know, we, we know we need carbohydrates as they're anabolic. They help us to grow and develop, right? Uh, but ultimately, especially in the Western diet, we're finding ourselves in a situation where, uh, you know, the standard American diet has absolutely ravaged the health of, um, of you know, our society at large. Uh, we're finding that perhaps it's time to maybe take a step back, uh, reset your metabolism, uh, and the ketogenic process is simply just a byproduct of that happening. Hmm. That was a very good and detailed explanation of what actually happens. I think you know maybe we can take a little bit of a break here since our first segment went a little bit over, and when we come back, we can talk about like the therapeutic role of the ketogenic diet. Um, what would be situations if, you know, we both, and I think my philosophy, as we talked about, you know, you and I in our pre-show discussion matches yours in that is a 
you know, ketogenic diet and the mechanisms, physiological mechanisms that it triggers a great long-term lifestyle? Maybe not, but can it be useful to achieve some significant goals and stimulate healing and regeneration and normalization of physiology in people that have gotten very off track? I think we both agree that the answer is certainly yes. Um, and then there are certain types of health conditions that people are diagnosed with where, you know, the ketogenic diet and having high levels of ketones in the body and available particularly for the brain and neurological system may be something worth considering for long term because of the therapeutic benefit. So does that sound good, Travis? Absolutely. Okay, great. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the health implications of the ketogenic diet when we come back from the break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these breaks. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber immune supporting oat beta glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCT. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Today, we're talking with Travis L'Esperance about the ketogenic diet. In our last segment, he gave a great overview of sort of what ketogenesis is. It's this you know, process in which the body starts to produce energy when it's in a fasting or starvation mode. It's our body's energy backup system. 
And we know that, you know, based on the research that I've seen around fasting, um, people can sustain fast for quite long periods of time. Um, it's quite interesting because usually physiologically, you only start to see major significant health complications associated with fasting. Most people can go almost 40 days, which is really interesting because if you look back at you know, biblical references, that was the time frames in which you know, many people a very long time ago thought as the time of fasting. It's quite interesting how sometimes when you look back at practices of very old cultures, you know, and we're seeing this, there's big expose, national, more recent National Geographic around Chinese medicine, that some of these ancient forms of healing are turning out to now rival some of the modern, most sophisticated forms of healing that we're looking at. So you wonder, how did these people come up with these ideas and solutions around health so long ago when we're so dependent on technology? And I believe the reality is that if you just separate yourself a bit from all of the noise of our modern world and sit in a true connection with your body, a mindfulness with your body and with nature, you realize that many of the tools for healing and understanding how human physiology works are right there if we just listen, you know, and we've, we've shifted so far away from that and now starting to shift back to it as modern science looks at some of these ancient principles and realizes now that we can understand them scientifically, how useful they, they really were. So it's really quite, quite interesting. And so this mechanism of energy production stimulated by fasting and by starvation seems to have these significant health benefits, short-term, you know, possibly long-term in some people. And as you talked about, Travis, one of the really interesting things with ketones is how um, efficiently they're used by the brain. And many people will talk about this. We do a fasting mimicking diet in our clinic, which has been developed by, you know, one of the leading researchers in the world of longevity, uh, Dr. Walter Longo. Um, his research is unbelievable about the science of fasting and how it promotes longevity and cellular regeneration and um, helps to clear, uh, you know, disease cells from the body, um, whether it's cells that are contributing to autoimmunity, inflammation, uh, cancer cells, really interesting. So I've overseen, you know, probably at least 100 patients through this fasting mimicking diet, done it myself, all my staff members have done it. And you experience this thing somewhere in the second or third day, depending on, you know, where you're at and your body physiology, where, I mean, the mental clarity that comes in this state of ketosis, the amount of energy I had and mental focus and energy was unbelievable. I couldn't sit still for like two days and I was hardly consuming many calories. I cleaned out my entire garage and my entire house and still couldn't stop. You know, it's it's this sensation or this understanding, and it has a lot to do with how our brain utilizes ketones so efficiently and effectively. And as we start, you know, as you start talking about, Travis, what some of the health applications of a ketogenic diet might be, I wanted to bring that up because one of the things that it's often applied to is cognitive and mental and neurological issues, correct? Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, apart from uh, having a genetic predisposition to, uh, um, towards, you know, having a, a metabolic defect, uh, for a lot of people that, that really uh, develop issues um, in regards to their, their neurology or their health in general, 
as a, as a result of an improper diet or an improper lifestyle over the course of however long. I think one of the most important things to really highlight is, is you know, when we look at the ketogenic diet, uh, we, we kind of see two camps that have arisen. You see those who say uh, that uh, carbohydrates are the real problem here in the human diet. And, and we're not just talking about too much carbohydrates. We're talking about all carbohydrates and saying that carbohydrates help to promote the growth of, of cancer cells or carbohydrates um, you know, help uh, to, or, or they, they, they hinder insulin function, um, you know, in, in, the, in the long run, or um, they're oxidative and they can, they can uh, contribute to um, inflammation and things like that. And, and those are all possibilities if we abuse carbohydrates. That's really the, 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 the term is abuse. When we abuse carbohydrates and we don't use them for what their function is in our physiology, which is work, right? Carbohydrates are there to help us to work and get things done. And if we're not working uh, and, and um, uh, utilizing that energy force, then it's really not benefiting us in, in any, in any uh, form otherwise. And so uh, the ketogenic diet, uh, the other camp kind of steps in and says exactly that, is that uh, the, the goal of a ketogenic diet shouldn't be that this is a long-term lifestyle change because minimally the ketogenic diet doesn't really even address uh, what uh, forms of food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. All it says is you need to keep your carbs somewhere around 30 net or lower. That means you subtract the fiber from the total carbs. Uh, and then uh, you need to keep your protein uh, at least to a moderate or lower amount so that your your body doesn't burn protein instead of fat for energy. Uh, so you need to have high fat, low carbs uh, in order to uh, force the body to start producing those ketones as a byproduct. But when we look at uh, some of the kind of the therapeutic benefits we see from a ketogenic diet. And typically what we're talking about uh, is somewhere around four to six weeks, right? So a short-term window, what do you expect to see the body to, to do in that time period? Uh, the first one uh, is, as you mentioned, right? A lot of times people will, will experience a lot more uh, mental clarity, uh, you know, kind of a more of a, a higher level of focus. And I think part of this uh, is due to uh, you're switching your brain's metabolism over from relying on the rise and fall of blood sugar throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. Every meal you get, blood sugar goes up, and then slowly it goes down. If it goes down too much, you might start pumping some glycogen that you've been storing into the bloodstream. Uh, but it's it's uh, not nearly as regulated uh, as, as uh, the ketogenic diet, mainly because you're relying on carbs coming in and carbs going out, right? So there's that natural rise and fall. But when you go onto a ketogenic diet, your own body is now regulating the amount of ketones that you are supplying the brain. So you can actually increase on your own without any food how, how much nutrition your brain is getting uh, in terms of the calorie content. So I think that's uh, part of uh, some of the benefits that we should expect is that there is a steady supply of energy to your brain, and there's not going to be, you know, this kind of rise and fall that we see throughout the day when we have a carb-based diet. And then next to that, uh, uh, carbs are oxidative. They do have the capacity to oxidize other molecules, and that's how we track, uh, you know, type 2 diabetes. We look at um, you know, HbA1c and see how many of your red blood cells have been oxidized by sugar. And if that number is too high, then that tells you there's likely been too much blood sugar in your blood for at least the last three months or so. So we need to look at deeper causes at that point, which may be diabetes. But um, that's just kind of to show the point that uh, 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 sugar uh, or glucose does have the capacity to oxidize. And so perhaps there's a relationship in our, neuro- in our neurology to where uh, we might uh, – um, 
be dealing with, you know, inflammation or other types of triggers that are going on. Uh, and when we start to provide ketones to our brain, ketones have the benefit of not being oxidative. So these molecules are not going to oxidize other molecules in the body. So again, it's not to say that carbs are negative. It's to say that we have to be specific in how we're using our carbs and we have to use them to the full. And if we don't, uh, then we're really wasting our time by consuming them. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and it's really not helping us uh, when we're consuming them in excess. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, you know, when we talk about this role of the, the brain, I mean, you know, keto things are, you know, very much apply to, to brain health. You know, there's, it was even some research talking about using certain amount of MCT, you know, coconut oil extract, because it is a great ketone actually in looking at Alzheimer's. And I think it made it through like, I don't know, phase two clinical trials. I mean, it was a big, yeah. it was pretty big deal. And the results were pretty impressive because the brain does love using ketones. And we know that, you know, mental declines, as we look at all of the different factors that contribute to dementia and Alzheimer's and age-related mental declines, some people call it type 3 diabetes. It almost becomes this inability of the brain cells to utilize sugar based on insulin resistance and a lifetime of sort of improper management of carbohydrates, activity, exercise, poor metabolic balance associated with our current American lifestyle. And so ketones don't seem to have that problem. They don't require the same, you know, insulin receptors and insulin, you know, cofactors that are necessary to get energy into the brain. So, you know, some of the conditions that ketogenic diets have been highly associated as far as benefiting have been neurological issues. There is a fair amount of, you know, data that has been um, you know, collected in rather conventional settings, utilizing ketogenic diets for the treatment of childhood epilepsy. And that evidence is, is pretty, pretty good. And, you know, that has to do with, again, getting a, a, a good, reliable source of energy to the brain. And of course, with epilepsy, it's this misfiring of electrical signals of the brain causing seizures. The ketones and high amounts of ketones circulating in the blood seem to give the brain a little bit of a more stable functioning and can help many cases of childhood epilepsy. Now, you know, there's also this evidence around um, dementia and Alzheimer's and brain function in general with ketosis. And then there's a fair amount of research in using ketogenic diets with things like diabetes because we're shifting over the whole entire fuel source of the of the body by going to this high fat diet. I think something that people don't understand and that I honestly did not really understand until I started, you know, working with uh, this nutritionist in my clinic and working with different cases is that people don't realize that protein can very easily get converted into sugar in the body. So even people trying to manage, you know, a a diabetic type situation by eating a very low carb diet, when I'm monitoring their blood sugars every day and having them do logs and checking their blood fasting blood sugars in the morning and an hour and a half after every meal and we're manipulating their diet week by week and watching their sugars, it's amazing because protein can convert very quickly into sugar. So shifting it over to a more fat based diet associated with a ketogenic diet really settles down and stabilizes the blood sugar. And there is a fair amount of evidence and doctors that have sort of hung their entire clinical career on using ketogenic diets to reverse diabetes. So I don't know, Travis, what are your, why don't we talk about some specific conditions, you know, in relation to how, where a ketogenic diet might be useful for somebody to consider if they're dealing with a specific health issue? Yeah, certainly. So I, I think that the, you know, all the, uh, all the things that cascade out of an improper metabolism, that's really, that's really where we see a lot of the benefits of, of uh, ketosis, uh, at least for a time. And so by simply removing the carbohydrates 
from our system, we're no longer asking our body to compete between two different energy sources. And so uh, in the sense uh, that carbohydrates are just simply not there, we're no longer uh, having that insulin uh, pump coming in, not nearly as pronounced. And we know that protein can provide uh, kind of an insulin response when we consume it, but uh, nowhere close to uh, the consumption of a carbohydrate source, whether it's complex or simple. Uh, and then uh, next to that, uh, when we're transporting nutrients around our body, uh, we are looking at blood markers. And a lot of times what we see is, again, by removing those carbohydrates out, uh, we're now kind of reestablishing a baseline of how our metabolism is presenting itself in terms of uh, blood sugar content. Uh, next to that, uh, things like cholesterol levels uh, and then triglyceride levels. So uh, many times what you'll see is there's a, a bit of normalization that occurs uh, because, again, you're not asking your body to compete between two different energy systems. Mm -hmm. uh, so having that kind of in place um, allows you that to, after a time uh, of seeing that normalization occur, uh, to possibly and to likely, I, I would actually encourage, uh, to try to reintroduce those carbohydrates yep. to see how those changes happen mm -hmm. so that you can reestablish a proper relationship with, with perhaps the most important nutrient we can get, which is carbohydrates, mm -hmm. in terms of what they allow us to do. Yep. Yeah, it almost provides an opportunity to, to reset the system a bit and reset cellular exactly. physiology and resensitize the body to some of these things it becomes desensitized to. Right. And that is what many people deal with, you know, is the overconsumption of carbohydrates over long periods of time and complete dysregulation leading to sort of this insulin insensitivity where the body isn't utilizing it properly. Insulin triggers excess calories to be stored very readily as fat. And people have spent almost a lifetime in this cycle and the cells can reaccommodate themselves. You could eat this way for 45 years of your life and spend four to six weeks in ketosis. And when you reintroduce carbohydrates, your body could almost be completely reset cellular on how it deals with it after 45 years. The, the yeah. every single, I say this all the time on the show, every single cell in your body at every single moment, of your life is doing the best it can to express optimal health and physiology. And it is our responsibility as the person who relies on those cells for our journey on this planet to try and create an environment in which we allow it to do it. And that is all I do as a doctor. That is the only mission of my medicine is to help people create a foundation and a structure that allows their cells to express the health they're trying to express every day. I don't cure anybody. I don't have any magic pills, magic wands. I don't do really anything except guide people in a structure and a lifestyle that allows their cells to express the health they inherently have and are trying to express at every single second. And that is why I have seen people sick for decades, reverse a decades old illness in weeks or months. It is the most miraculous and amazing thing to watch happen and gives you a degree of reverence and understanding for the healing potential of the body beyond anything that could be said or taught when you see it in person. And people feel it and they cry in my office with an overwhelming feeling of almost described as something just like grace as their body has done something wow. they never knew it could possibly do. When we come back from the break, Travis, let's talk about ketogenic diet and how to actually do it because the problem that I see sometimes is a ketogenic diet can be woefully unhealthy as people rely and maybe choose from very poor quality and very bad fats. There's a healthy way to do it and an unhealthy way to do it. And I would love for you 
to elaborate on that. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back right after these words. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 available Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Pure Defense with NAC offers a unique blend of hypoallergenic nutrients and herbal extracts designed to support overall immune defense and upper respiratory health. The product features Epicor fermentate, elderberry, and N-acetyl L-cysteine, nutrients and flavonoids for enhancing first-line immune defense. Pure Defense with NAC can be found at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent prevent any disease. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500. Thanks for tuning in. We've been talking about the ketogenic diet, and I have on the phone with me today Travis Lesperance, who's been nice enough to share his wisdom we in this segment, Travis, if you could share with us about the nuts and bolts of a ketogenic diet, as I alluded to, there's some very unhealthy ways to do it. You can get fat from, you know, uh, animal fat and butter and, you know, all sorts of things that, you know, can be very unhealthy for us. And you can get good quality fats from plant based fats. And there's a healthy and unhealthy way to de- do a ketogenic diet. So in this last segment, with the limited time we have left, I'd love for you to just share your thoughts on that with us. Absolutely. So, uh, again, we're going to go back to that qualitative and quantitative because I think uh, some of the problems people run into is qualitatively, uh, the ketogenic diet becomes things like pepperoni and cheese sticks. And because there's no carbs in that, people think, hey, I'm doing all right. And I think that was one of the biggest problems with how the Atkins diet kind of played out decades ago. Uh, next to that, we have the quantitative aspects, which is the counting. And, you know, who... Uh, who in this world that doesn't spend all their time looking at nutritional science is going to want to spend their whole day counting out the numbers of how to make the ketogenic diet work? 
so I think that there is possible that we can get rid of both of those problems by just simply looking back to whether I was, if I was on a ketogenic diet or not, what are healthy foods uh, that, uh, that, that are uh, fine to eat and there's no real restrictions. So uh, if you wanted to just go by the numbers, you would say that the ketogenic diet is 70% fat or more, 20% uh, protein or less, and then uh, 10% carbs or less. Uh, so what types of foods fit into that? Well, I would like to say, uh, first and foremost, that non-starchy vegetables are all you can eat. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that on any type of diet you're consuming, unless it was a highly restricted elemental diet. Uh, and that's you know, few and far between. Uh, next to that, good quality meat sources, uh, uh, that if it's coming from an animal, uh, what is that animal's diet been looking like? Is it being raised like the animal that it is? That's going to influence its health. Uh, and then healthy fats. And so I think one thing that we can kind of finish on here is the idea that uh, different types of fats influence ketogenesis more than others. And the real principle comes down to this. The smaller the fat molecule, the more likely it is to become a ketone. So that's where you see things like MCTs, medium chain triglycerides from sources like coconut becoming so popular is because they're about twice as likely to become a ketone in the body because they're half the size of the regular fat that we consume in our diet. So half the size of olive oil, half the size of avocado oil on a molecular level. And because of that, they're more likely to become ketones. Another source that people might not consider is the fiber in their diet. Fiber uh, gets fermented in our gut to supply most of the energy for our colon as short-chain fatty acids from our bacteria, but we also absorb a lot of those short-chain fatty acids, and those are highly likely to become ketones as well. So if you do nothing else in your pursuit to kind of maybe try out a ketogenic diet, uh, don't over-analyze uh, you know, the numbers. Simply consume as much of the good foods that you possibly can, things like nuts and seeds, non-starchy vegetables. Uh, and then next to that, the types of oils that you're using, make sure that they're high quality. Uh, but if you want to use uh, individual nutrients to really kind of boost your ability to make ketones, then things like MCTs uh, are uh, very helpful at uh, helping to force your body to start making those ketones faster to feed your brain. And then also making sure you're getting plenty of fiber in your diet so that it can be fermented and turned into that short-chain fatty acid to also feed your body with ketones. So these are all things that happen normally, but when we're on a low-carbohydrate diet, we do have to be particular in making sure that we're forcing our body to make those ketones on a regular basis. And these nutrients are helpful in many ways, but they're particularly helpful in, in uh, making us uh, produce more ketones. That's great advice. And MCT is one of the best ones out there for doing that and a super helpful nutrient for supporting ketosis. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Travis, we could have talked for two hours on this topic. Thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Thank you for listening and we'll talk soon. Take care. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.